We hope you enjoy this episode of the Modern Divorce Podcast. But first, an important message for our listeners. One consistent theme you'll hear from me, Billy Tarasio, is that we do not believe in a one-size-fits-all solution. That's why at Modern Law, you can find anything you need for your family law case. For the highest stakes litigation cases, we've got experienced family law attorneys who can offer you representation. We also have embraced newly licensed legal paraprofessionals who can offer you legal representation for less. And if you just need your documents prepared, we can offer certified legal document preparers as well. If that's not for you and instead you are representing yourself, congratulations. You are like one of the 70% of people out there doing it on your own. And our newest offering, Win Without Law School, can help. For more information about Win Without Law School, go to winwithoutlawschool.com. To get representation options, go to mymodernlaw.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Modern Divorce Podcast. I'm your host, Billy Tarasio, and today's going to be a great episode joined by a friend of mine who is a recently-ish divorced dad, professional business owner, navigating what it's like to be a single father and dating post-divorce as somebody who's highly successful managing all the things, kids, work, all the things. So welcome to the show, Zach. How are you doing? Good. Good morning. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. I am so happy to have you here. We've been talking about doing this show for a long time. So I've known Zach for a couple of years. Um, His office is next to my office. And I'm divorced and he's divorced and we just have a lot in common, but we've been talking for a long time about having you on the podcast because you've been talking to me about the challenges of dating. Things we can relate on quite a bit. You've helped me a lot through this process. In fact, you were one of the first people I reached out to. No one really anticipates being divorced ever. And uh, you were, you were probably the first that I reached out to. So thanks for being there the whole way. And yeah. You are so welcome. You know, having a divorce attorney as somebody you can call is a good thing. So everybody should have a friend that's a divorce attorney just in case. (laughs) Right, right. Good reasons for sure. Yeah. So how long has it been now that you've been divorced? It's it's so coming up on two years. Got it. Okay. And yours was fairly amicable, which is great. Um, It went by fairly quickly, uncontested. So here you are navigating your post-divorce life. And mm-hmm. what has that been like? Um, it, it's evolving, right? There's a lot of learning. Uh, there's no roadmap for this. I'm I'm finding out it's different for every single person and there's no rules. And so it's an individual journey, learning from different people, professionally, family, friends, and trying to piece it together um, day to time. And it, and it takes time, just like you know. And right. there's more, eventually, there's more good days than bad, and it just it takes it takes time. So I think that's one of the biggest uh, biggest elements is time. And how old are your children? So I have a son; he's seventeen, and then three girls, fourteen, eleven, and nine. So girl dad over here, lots of pink and glitter at my house. Love uh, it. So I have four total. And they're with me half the time. Got it. Okay. So you have a fairly standard plan for Arizona. um, And I think most of the country is kind of going to that 50%. So you'd think that it would be easy, right? You'd have a lot of time to be, you know, newly single, unencumbered, 
and also balancing kids. But in reality, it's not easy, is it? No, there's there's nothing easy about it at all. I think especially if you want to do a good job because kids need to be the priority. If anything, I'll be okay. Um, my number one priority is that they're, they don't suffer any negative impact. They're startling statistics about um, how children end up post-divorce. And I, I don't want that. So my number one priority is that they, they're okay. And that this negative becomes a positive for them. It becomes a learning opportunity. And the conversation we had was, you know, there's no normal, there's no comparison. And this is our normal and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And we can take that, plant the seeds and learn and grow and be better from it. So that's how I approached it with them is that we're, we're not a broken family. We're not a different family. Everyone is unique. This is our normal and, um, and make it the absolute best that we can. And we have, so it's hard to lose time with your kids, right? That's, that's probably the hardest thing is to lose a piece of your family in that regard. So the trade-off of fewer hours is better hours. Right. And so it needs to be more quality time. So I would say I I have more quality hours with my kids than before, even though it's less, but it does take a lot of work to put the business to the side, to put um, my personal life aside or whatever other uh, demand on my time and make sure it's face-to-face -face and, and take that time with, with the kids. I think so much of what you said there is just really important. You get fewer hours and so you have to make them better and your kids need you more. They so, do. They need you present. They do. They do. So how are your kids doing? I mean, trying to get details from a 14 year old girl is impossible. Um, sure. I take them to school. I take all of them to school every day. We have our routines. Mm -hmm. I take each one on a one-on-one -on -one date every once a month. Mm -hmm. And between those one-on-one -on -one experiences, we we have the deep talks mm -hmm. or we try. I ask mm -hmm. questions. They bring mm -hmm. things up that they want to. So as far as I can tell, um, I mean, they're doing really, really well, mm -hmm. all things considered. I've talked to some child therapists and they say the worst part of a divorce on the kids isn't necessarily the separation, but it's the conflict and the trauma. And fortunately, in my scenario, there was no, there was no conflict per se. There was, there was nothing hostile. Uh, so they circumvented all of that. And I think they're doing pretty well. The younger two, they don't know any different. They're, they're nine and 11 now mm -hmm. so it's status quo for them. Mm -hmm. um, and then the older two, they just notice things are a little bit different, but we check in fairly frequently. We did family therapy, continue to do that. And thankfully, it, it seems like they're doing very well. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So what has it been like dating and having a personal life after being, well, how old were you when you were married? So I, I got married young, relatively. I was 23. Yeah. And there's no, there's no good advice when you're 23 on how to get married. Right. And you don't know. Um, right. A lot of the functional guidance I've learned and understand now, I, I didn't hear about, no one told me compatibility is important. Chemistry is important. There's so many important elements of getting married. And I was married a long time, 17 years. Mm -hmm. um, and um, transitioning from that and four kids back into single life, 
was is very difficult um, process. Right. And the world very, changed very new. in 20 years, right? The world changed. Dating changed. How people date changed. So yeah. How have you, how did you go about entering? Did you do the online thing? Did you get online? Yeah, I've tried um, online, in person. I've had um, mutual friends give me an introduction. Um, and that's that's always interesting too. You, you find out how people see you a little bit when they introduce you to someone. And uh, um, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But um, yeah, it's very, very complicated. Right. Yeah. So have you tried to... Um, keep dating away from the kids, like very separate, or have you tried integrating it all? So I'm I'm very protective of my kids. And I think anyone should be who's recently divorced or not recently divorced. They just they went through a loss and they're adjusting and their their health is priority. So no, no one has met my kids yet to mm-hmm. date. Mm-hmm. And they, what about them? No, I I date and go out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they've never met anyone. I've never integrated that. It's come close uh, once or twice, but we've never got that far. So I think at that point, it needs to be very serious, exclusive relationship because people coming in out of their lives is not is not healthy. And it took them a while just to get comfortable with the fact that dad goes out sometimes. Right. And that that's okay. And then that's healthy and mom needs to go out sometimes and that's okay. And that's healthy. And at some point in the future, there could be step siblings and step parents and they're okay with they're They're getting okay with it. Yeah. So mom does not, mom has not remarried. No. Okay. No, she has not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's interesting. Many, most people who get divorced, get remarried within two years, which is kind of crazy, but that's the statistic. Um, so it's, it's, and there's, I think pros and cons to that. On one hand, people, adults who have another adult in the home have more support. There's more resources for the kids, but if the relationship's volatile, then you're doing more harm than good. So it's a hard thing. So you said that within two years, the majority are actually married, remarried, legally remarried. Yes. Wow. That's staggering. It is. It is staggering. It is staggering. Um, as a divorce attorney, because divorces are so traumatic that, mm-hmm. I mean, you really, after you go through one, you really want to avoid that. <laughs> and the easiest way to avoid getting a divorce is not to get married. But most people oh. are much more comfortable in that type of a relationship and just want to get back to being comfortable. Yeah, I have I have some theories about that. I think, right? I think some people want to fill a void. Yeah. It's uncomfortable. We don't want to be uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. And there's coping mechanisms. And it seems that the majority are negative. I reached out to a lot of people. Well, how do you cope with this? How do you deal with the new norm? And I didn't get a lot of positive coping mechanism recommendations. In fact, most of them were don't do what I did. It was negative. It doesn't work. Right. So that was very surprising too. I, I from my limited experience, there aren't a lot of positive coping mechanisms people employ post post divorce because you have to feel it you have to take time alone and you have to be uncomfortable until you're comfortable being uncomfortable and none of us really like doing that no the surprise 
loneliness is one of the worst emotions. It's a very uncomfortable feeling. And the easiest way to not feel lonely is to just be around people, right? Whether or not those people are good for you. And then the other thing is like, do you feel like if you're single too long and you get too comfortable alone for too long, that, that it'll be hard to do all that adapting that it takes to be with somebody else? Yeah. I think we, we all probably get a little more rigid. Right. I like my things where they are. This is my space. And the adaptability maybe starts to go down. You know, two years for me is not a long time. But yeah. I sure there's there's some adaptability that I think will be more difficult the longer someone's single, for sure. It's such an interesting thing, all of it. And it's complicated. Everyone comes with a whole life. We're not in our 20s. Mm-hmm. So we've had careers, children, mm-hmm. traumatic experiences from past relationships, and there's no perfect puzzle piece that fits together. And there's got to be some adaptability. I think that's one thing that surprised me a little bit is for whatever reason, I feel most people um, maybe shy away from a challenge or conflict resolution in new relationships. It's easier just to go to the next one, to go back to the friend circle, to go back to being alone, than maybe put some effort into it. Sure. Yeah. So what have, what have you found are some healthy, positive coping mechanisms? You've now been doing this for two years. What have you right. learned? So I've learned a lot and from lots of different sources and it's what's worked for me. It may not work for everybody else, but number one is you have to sit with the discomfort and being alone and feel it. And so I got into meditation and mindfulness and being present and being able to walk myself through the negative emotions and literally just sitting by myself in my living room in the dark alone. And you have to feel it and talk to these emotions as if they're a third party and that they're welcome here. Um, Welcome that they can stay. But interestingly enough, when we, when we allow our bodies and our minds to feel the emotions, our bodies and minds are capable of dissipating that energy. It has to go somewhere. And we almost get in the way of that process by trying to avoid it and bottling it up. It, It has to process. And you sit with those emotions they do go away and they dissipate and there's breathing techniques, uh, whether it be special forces or Wim Hof, the breathing techniques help a lot. So being present, being mindful, exercise, being healthy, going to the gym, having positive outlets, um, positive uh, social group, friends that you can rely on, trust that you can reach out to when it's difficult. Um but I think I think that's the biggest one is confronting and facing the negative emotions. I've met a lot of people, maybe divorced 10 years, and, and they never had that alone time, that processing time. So subconsciously, consciously, those issues manifest behaviorally way far down the road because they were never dealt with. And I, I believe that they have to be dealt with. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't bury them, you can't hide them. It's gonna manifest to in some way or another in a healthy or healthy fashion. And we, we choose. So Mm -hmm. just feeling it, feeling it, processing it, not numbing it out with whatever behavior. And you have to be present with the uncomfortable feelings. Got it. 
Okay. So what about friends? Have you been able to create a new friend group post-divorce? Um, I, I have, yes. That's That's been difficult though, because my married friends that I had before, we're still really close, but they can't relate. Mm. At five o'clock when I'm done with work, it's it's family time for them. Mm-hmm. And when I don't have my kids, well, that's my open time. Mm-hmm. So everything's backwards now. So it's difficult. And I and I couldn't. My brother's divorced. So when he got divorced before I did, looking back, I can see how I couldn't relate to him. I thought I was. Sure. And that's not the thing. I thought I could relate to him, but but I couldn't. Only he could see it from that end. And now I see it uh firsthand. So yeah, trying to find other single males that can relate um, is has been important. And I do have a few close friends. Some of them have kids, some of them don't. That's another relatability. Um, so still working on that, but it is important to find someone who can relate. Yeah. It, it oh. is isolating. Yes, it is isolating. And you don't have a lot in common with people who've never been married and don't have kids. They have a very different world. Than somebody extremely different, very different world. So you're looking your niche of possible friends is who really will will get you. And then you add the fact that you're a business owner, like you've got a very small group of peers. How do you find those people? I I don't know. I welcome suggestions. One one issue for me too, just personal decision, mostly health related. I I don't drink and I don't party Mm -hmm. or go to clubs. Mm -hmm. And socially, it's what most people do. And, and since I don't, there's another degree of potential uh, being un, unable to relate in that regard. And that's been an issue actually in uh, in dating. I mm-hmm. thought maybe women would be concerned that um, I have kids or I am divorced, but it's it's been that I don't drink and therefore they feel somewhat socially isolated or uncomfortable mm-hmm. uh, with that. And I don't mind if someone drinks around me. That's my family does. It's not a problem. Never been an issue. But I was surprised at how much of an issue for compatibility that I don't drink. I thought it'd be a, a positive. Um, for most people, I guess it's not. So uh, there's there's another layer there. Goodness gracious. Yeah. The, like the takeaways that I'm getting is that this is hard. It's hard. It's That's not really easy. Difficult. There's no roadmap. There's no easy answer. It wasn't like, but are you, can I ask, are you happy that you got divorced? So that that's a really interesting question. And I've been asked that before. Um, so some people say, you know, we're all surprised when we get divorced and we think, you know, divorce was never an option. And I agree with that. If there's options to solve and maintain a marriage and keep Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Divorce should never be an option. Divorce for me was only when it became a necessity. There were no options. Mm -hmm. The options were exhausted. So it becomes functional necessity. And anyone short of that, don't get divorced. Right. Don't get divorced. Uh, Solve it. Uh, My therapist told me something extremely interesting that is just stuck in my head the whole time. He said, most people... Once they get divorced, they fix themselves and they're better for their second marriage. And I said, well, hold on. Why don't people fix themselves and stay married? Right. Be your best self. Show up as your as your healed best self. Work together. And he said, I don't know. People just don't typically do that. And it, I still can't process that 100%. But if you can keep it, fix it, fix it, keep it. When it's a functional necessity, well, then it's a necessity. 
And that was my scenario. So, so am I happier? I'm, I'm, I am better off. I'm in the process of healing. And I think full happiness comes when you, you find that missing piece. Would I go back to the prior scenario? I, I wouldn't. It was not healthy. So am I better off? Am I happier? Yeah. So I guess I would say it's a nuanced answer, but yes, overall, there's different challenges, mm-hmm. but there's new opportunities. The future's bright and um, it's only been two years. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to go. Zach, I have really enjoyed this conversation, really. And I thank you for being a guest. Thank you for um, your friendship and your vulnerability and sharing with our listeners everything you shared. I think it was just so insightful. Um, And I know uh, if any ladies are out there and you're seeing Zach and you are single, amazing, evolved, um, and maybe you don't go out and party all the time, contact me and I've, I've got his number. <laughs> Thanks for the, okay? the plug. Is that okay that I just did that? That's, okay. That's okay. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much. And if you've enjoyed this episode, make sure to like it, download it, rate it, send it along to your gorgeous, amazing single people, and we can do game night. Sounds good. All right. Take care, Zach. Thank you. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Modern Divorce Podcast. Remember, anything you've heard today or anything you read online is not the replacement for actual consultation with an attorney and does not create an attorney-client relationship. Even if you called in and we spoke to you, you are anonymous and we don't have your details and you have not become a client of Modern Law. However, we would love to speak with you or you should seek out the advice of legal counsel or counseling or any other expert near you. And if you have an idea for a show topic or you need to speak with an attorney in Arizona, you can reach me at info, I-N-F-O, at mymodernlaw.com.